Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Sorry, I'm a little late. I'm getting my papers sorted out. But we have made it nonetheless to a Monday. And we got football galore and uh, took a little time, but I guess a new president elect. It is to tell new one is one of two nine ESPN radio SWX Montana television. Outstanding to be with you on this Monday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for spending some of it with us on your radios, on your TVs across the state on SWX television. And as the case may be on the World Wide web, one of two nine ESPN.com. You go there, you listen live all the time. The stream is available anytime you would like it. Thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you would like to pick up your phone and call us, you can do that as well. 361-3688, 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. You can also text that phone line as well. Just text it, 361-3688. You uh, can get in here uh, on the text side of things as well. Very happy to be with you. Coulter, just have it. Just sit down. Look at you. You're trying to get these papers in order. They're all good. They're just just you know just go with me you already know you don't even look at the outline anyway you send well, it over we have a lot of stuff to get to today man though. isn't that the case i can't actually 
I can't actually memorize 90 high school football scores. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know what? And I mean this sincerely. I disagree. I, I, you're right. I think I you can. I really tried, but not in the... Uh, the short amount of time. Not to the extent that we have here. Well, we'll uh, take a look at this thing here, what we got today. Uh, plenty of stuff to get to uh, throughout what was a unbelievably busy weekend at the high school football level. And the Grizzlies also had another uh, uh, you know, scrimmage of which stats actually came out of it. So we'll go through a couple of those. We'll give you the Treasure State Stars. And, of course, the NFL weekend that was a very interesting weekend. Uh uh, talk, talk about the game of the year that was just a complete blowout, right? I mean, a lot of people looking up for this game uh, in uh, uh, Tampa last night between the Bucks and the Saints. I have a theory about this game that's, mm, I don't know. It's just a theory, okay? So we'll get into that a little bit as well. And also, the brand new and first, AP Top 25 in men's hoops is mm. out. So we will get to uh, all of that and plenty more on a Monday uh, afternoon. Uh, Coulter, let's start. With some high school football, the class AA level, the quarterfinals over the course of the weekend. Three games on Friday, and then one of the games of the year took place on Saturday in Billings, which we will get into. But uh, Missoula Sentinel in uh, at uh, Missoula County Stadium, winners for yet another time, still undefeated. However, now it's, I mean, look, I mean, I'm not going to overstate this thing. They won, what, 42-14 to 14 in this football game, and it was, you know, it was a handled victory, right? On the on the case of the Spartans, uh, they were they were in control, but they were quote unquote only up fourteen in the, at the half. And after having had turned the ball over two times this entire season, they have a bye week. They come in, maybe some nerves. I don't know exactly what they turned the ball over three times in the first half. The Spartans did uh, in their game against Great Falls. So give credit to Great Falls. Bison were game; they were ready to go. But at the end of the day, Sentinel kind of rolled through it. Soren. Sieverud and uh, Donovan Smith both had two touchdowns in this game for the Spartans, and they roll on into the semifinals as expected. And look, what do they say about the NFL playoffs? You play wild card weekend and you win. Mm -hmm. You got a really good look in the divisional round because even though you're playing a team that's coming off a bye as one of the best teams in the conference or traditionally in the traditional setup of the NFL, not this year uh, for the playoffs, but that's the way it is. But getting that first playoff game under your belt, and if you're still playing, what does it mean? You won in the postseason already. And so these teams that are the lower seeds going to play all these teams that had buys in in the second round of the playoffs this year, uh, you know, it takes a little bit to work through it. And I think maybe we saw a little of that on Friday night out of Sentinel. Well, no question. We said it was down 7-0. That was the first time they've trailed this entire season. But you saw the exact same thing in Helena. The Bengals had the weekend off, and, and Bozeman High came in after having played week one of the playoffs, and they got up early and then ended up hanging on. Billings West, even though they won 49-7, to they were down 7 nothing in that game, and then they reeled off 49 in a row. But tell the people about the, the what's notable about being down 7 nothing. Well, in terms of settles, their first time trailing this entire year. It's crazy. And, and Billings West, I, th- I don't know if they've trailed hardly at all this year mm-hmm. either. They've both been so dominant. Um and then he saw maybe Billings Senior be a little bit rusty against Kalispell Glacier, and Kalispell Glacier takes him all the way to overtime before that one gets over as well. So, um, But Sentinel, I mean, now we're to the point where when when Dane Oliver, Missoula Sentinel head coach, and his Spartans were the seventh seed in the playoffs, and they upset number two Missoula Big Sky in Levi Janicaro's senior year, 
it was a huge upset, and it was like this land, this landslide moment for Sentinel football that they hadn't experienced in so long, going to the Final Four. Now they're into the the semifinals of the Class AA playoffs mm-hmm. for the third time in four years. It's like Dan Elver said on show on our show on Friday. Said we were surprised and so over the moon to be in that position four or five years ago. Now we expect it. They're in the playoff. They're in the semis for the second year in a row. They've established themselves as uh, the premier football program on the western side of the state, and it's been a long time coming for teams in Missoula. We haven't seen a, a team in Missoula play for the state championship since 1994 when Hellgate played Big Sky. Sentinel hasn't played for the state championship since 1984, and they haven't won a state title since 1972. I think it's probably fair to say, I bet you that there are a couple kids on this team whose dads probably went to Sentinel way back in the day right. when Sentinel, last time Sentinel was this good. And so it, it's been a full generation, and even a little bit more than that. 1972, since the uh, championship for Sentinel, and they haven't been in the state championship since 84, uh, and the last time a Missoula team made the state championship game. 94. So it's been, like you said, a long, long time coming. Dane Oliver, after the game, said the following, quote, failure is part of football. We wanted a challenge, a struggle, because we wanted to see what our kids were doing. Uh, That's what we found out tonight. Spartans can handle adversity. People have been saying we're running away with games, but we had a football game tonight and had to play a full four quarters, end quote. I mean, Sentinels only turned the ball over twice coming this entire season coming into this game. They turned the ball over twice in the first 20 minutes of this game. Yeah. And they were down 7 nothing, and then it was 7-7, to but they just stuck with it. And I thought probably the key play of the entire game was when they got a goal line stop on the one-yard line. And then, like they've done so many times this year, they marched the entire length of the field. It was a 99-yard drive, and it was capped by a Donovan South touchdown. And we'll get to that in a little bit in the Treasure State Stars. But it was a little bit more of a test than Sentinel's experience so far this year, and then they still were able to walk away with a 42-14 win. So it was a great effort by Sentinel, but also I think just what they needed. They needed a little bit of a test because now the games get more difficult as this thing progresses. It's interesting to, uh, you know, and I, at the high school level, sometimes you got a kid that you trust to go out there and kick a field goal, an extra point, and a lot of times, you know, sometimes there's teams that just never go for it, whether it's philosophy or whether they don't know if they got a guy. I don't know what Great Falls' situation is, but I do know this. In a game that's early in the game, even if you had a lead in that game, you get down there to the one-yard line, and you just feel like you have to score. Like you have to put it in for seven when you play Sentinel, even if it's the first drive of the darn game. I mean, I think these these coaches get pressed into being you know, ultra-aggressive and not, quote, just taking the points. And they're probably right. I'm not saying that's wrong. I think I think that's likely it. But the, the reputation of this team at this point in the season, it changes game plans, man. It changes the way coaches coach and what they think that they need to do to to pull an upset and then all of a sudden what happens well you don't get it and now the team goes the other direction for 99 yards and scores anyway and and you know it's it's certainly a shift in the game the other thing though that I think you see here is just the talent disparity man like Great Falls is a fine football team they had a solid year but even even when Sentinel does not play their best and I think Coach Oliver would likely say that they did not play their best game, maybe far from it. Uh, and we, he'll join us on Friday, and, and we'll, we'll we'll ask him about that very thing. But the talent gap is so significant with this team and other teams. You just keep playing, and eventually it's just going to slide in the favor of the team that's got all of those dudes. And they still haven't even had to go into their arsenal fully, and that's the craziest part about it because you're talking about an 8-0 start 
talking about beating teams by an average score of about 50 to 5. And they still haven't just had a game. I mean, if it really came down to it, if you really, 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 like if it was backs to the wall, you're in a battle or you're losing in the second half, you could just spread teams out and just throw the ball to T.J. Roush and Jace Kluswich. And they they haven't had to do that. They hardly ever have to force feed their main primary guys. And, and that's, I think, the most interesting part about this team is they are so deep, but they're also so unselfish. And I think that's the thing that's gotten them to this point. But now we'll see how this goes because this is the spot where Sentinel has been the last several years, the spot they expect to be, the spot that a lot of the guys on this team have been in before. Including how, last year. How do you get over the top, though? Can you handle the pressure? Because now it's like they ha- to, to take the next step as a program, they need to win the semifinal game. And they're going to get everything they can handle from Billings Senior when they come to town on Friday. Billings Senior uh, had the game of the weekend for sure. They played Kalispell Glacier in Billings. This game was on Saturday on account of the travel. Obviously, Glacier uh, going to Billings, the longest uh, hike for anybody at the double-A level. And this was an unbelievable game. Went to overtime, 17-17, relatively low-scoring game. And Jackson Berkeley hits a 22-yarder in OT to end it and uh, win the game, a kicker for Billings Sr. And the Golden Bears, as you said, uh, move on. And they will be coming to Missoula. they got to make the long trek now uh, to Missoula. I I am imagining this game will be Saturday, but I don't know that for a mm-hmm. fact as of yet. So we'll find out the specifics on on this game uh, and game time coming up this week. But that's the first semifinal, Billing Senior, Missoula Sentinel. Another side of Class AA, we mentioned Bozeman, but uh, hard to deny the state champs. I mean, you, you are the defending state champs until you're knocked off. And I know that Bozeman, they had the early misstep against Senior, and then that basically made it so that they had to play in the first round of the playoffs. But they destroy Great Falls CMR, and they go on on the road to play a really good Helena High team. And they really got after Caden Hewitt, the, the stud quarterback for Helena High. He threw for a bunch of yards. He threw three touchdowns, but had less than a 50% completion percentage. They made him throw it 45 times, which I think is indicative of how well they were able to stop the run. And uh, across the board, they did a pretty good job, and Bozeman moves on with a 35-28 win over Helena High. And it's uh, with the shortened season, it's sort of too bad how abruptly things can end. Helena High was sitting there number two in the state, 5-0. and yeah. They get rolled in Missoula, partially because Caden Hewitt got knocked out of the game. Then they so he's out then for the next couple of weeks. They're able to scrape out a crosstown win against Capital and get that first round bye. But then they get a terrible draw. I mean, you get a bye and you have to play the defending state champs. I mean, you got him a home, but yeah. Bozeman's not your normal six seed. Well, right? and, and the so, reason they were a six seed is is frankly they they were missing their best player, who's one of the best players in the state, and Kenneth Iden at the beginning part of this season. That's including when they lost the senior uh, early on. But this is a very good football team, this Bozeman team. By the way, you know, in terms of big plays, Brady Lang, the cornerback for Bozeman, mm-hmm. gets the interception, picks off Caden Hewitt uh, in with about a minute 44 left. A, a ball, a nice out route pattern, and just a good play on the ball by Lang. And, and Helena knew they had to go, man. Like, they got they, – they're down seven – you know, last couple minutes of the football game, you got to push the ball down the field. You got to get, you got to get six. You got to get in the end zone, and uh, and sometimes that happens. You get the interception, and so a very good season comes to a disappointing end for Helena, being one and done. But like you said, man, this is a uh, 
that's a, that's a heck of a tough draw to get Bozeman coming in there when they're all hands on deck because that's a very good football team and much, much better team than their sixth seed would, would indicate. It's pretty funny. I used to be uh, pretty involved in umpiring when I lived in Bozeman. And one of the big tournaments in Bozeman every year is called Battle of the Bridgers. And they have brackets for U14, U12, U10, U8. And teams from all over the region, not just the state, come to participate. But probably the best team that I remember umping games for was the U14 Bozeman team that won that tournament two years in a row. And I believe they went on to win the Cal Ripken State Championship. Bozeman doesn't play Little League like Missoula and everywhere else in Montana does. I don't really, I never really understood why they're in the Cal Ripken affiliation instead. But it makes it so that you can play baseball for a little bit longer until you have to go to the Legion level. Anyways, that whole group of kids now, they're all juniors and seniors at Bozeman High. So it's kind of fun to watch because I remember when they were like 12 years old. And I was like, these, these kids are sweet. Like, yeah. they're really good athletes. <laughs> but the Lang twins, I remember them for sure. Uh, but those two guys are, are uh, potentially big sky guys. And I, I know that Bobby Houck's offered both the Lang twins. Uh, partial scholarships to the University of Montana. So Bozeman has a ton of talent. You got Luke Fedick going to the Cats. You got Ken Iden going to the Cats. You got the Lang Twins that got offers from both sides. You got a quarterback that probably could be a Frontier Conference guy. So Bozeman's definitely talented, and they're going to take on Billings West this next weekend. And West, I, I, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves because it's only the semifinals right now. And I think that, uh, but it seems to me that it's a collision course between number one and number two. And the thing about it is that Sentinel, they haven't had to go to their full array. Of weapons yet. Billings West, they use their full array, array of weapons every weekend, but they are just slaughtering people. I mean, they have so many great athletes. The the Dallar, Kitako Dallar, you can just throw him a screen pass. He's like Jerry Lou McGee. He could be gone in a second, and we'll get a little bit more into his performance because he was great, but I mean, Isaiah Clouch, the Billings West quarterback, he threw 460 yards and seven touchdowns. It, and uh, and amazing. Is, 460 yards, seven touchdowns. On 17 completed yeah, passes. 17 of 22. Amazing. I mean, you're talking about just 30, 40-yard touchdowns over and over and over again. I mean, it, it was it was basically at one in every two and a half pass completions was a touchdown. Uh, that is an unbelievable number. Seven of them in total. Three of those, by the way, to Taco Dowler for Billings West. And so Billings West, you know, Billings West, you know, you know, you and I, we sit here. We're on the west side of the state doing this. We're in the same city as Missoula Sentinel, and and we look at them. And I, I would say, I, I would argue, you know, if you do the comparison thing, call it, you know, uh, strength of schedule and game closeness and all of that. Not to mention just the the, the rosters. Sentinel comes out probably ahead and are rightfully the number one team in the state by ranking. But I think that Billings West has uh, has a growing chip on their shoulder, maybe about some of the extent to which Sentinel has gotten, you know, gotten some love. And if it turns out to to eventuate to a Billings West Sentinel High state championship game, uh, I think that has a chance to be a phenomenal football game. I mean, any state championship is going to be, but that one in particular could be could be really, really special. But. Let's not get ahead of ourselves because Billings West, they still got Bozeman. I'll tell you what, Bozeman, I think, is going to be ready to go in uh, in a week's time in that semifinal game. Stu Tell Nuwana is 102.9 ESPN Radio. Colts are speaking of semifinals. It was already the semifinals, the Class A level. One Western team left remaining. That was Hamilton. They had Laurel. Hamilton's been the number one team in the state all season long, undefeated. And 
You know, it's it's what it is, man. This has been this has been the theme now for Hamilton for several years to have these unbelievably epic seasons. They lost three or four games in the last three or four years, and it's in the playoffs several couple times in the state championship game. This year, it's in the semis to Laurel, who again. I don't even know if this is an upset. Laurel's a phenomenal team. Eli Abbey, their quarterback, is uh, going to Montana State. Great, great football player. Obviously, Hamilton in their own right, very good. Maybe a little bit younger after they graduated a a solid senior class last year. But nonetheless, disappointing for uh, Coach Bryce Carver's group down there. 28-21, the final, as they lose by a touchdown in a a hard-fought game. Again, they had to come back, and they were down by quite a bit early on in this game, Hamilton was, and then had to come back and did but couldn't close the deal. Over the last four seasons, Hamilton is 35-3 and in the regular season, and they have played in two state championship games, but have that it's been elusive for them. It seems to be this is kind of where the buck stops, is either in that Final Four or in that title game. And I talk about an abrupt ending. I mean, you win 10 in a row, you're rolling people, you're the number one team in the state, and then it all comes crashing down. And and you have to think some of it's just the, the non-ability to have the crossover games. You don't really know what you're getting into with the teams from the East, and it's just a different style. Well, well, and tell me this. I mean, not not just this season, but we and we talked about this a little bit before, but recent history right now, the East broadly at the A level is just the stronger the stronger side in the state. I mean, and, and it, more diverse in terms of the teams, Billings West, Miles City, Laurel, Eureka, like all these teams that are – uh, uh, you know, state championship contending teams. And then for years on the West side, it was like Dylan. And now Hamilton has been that team, but they haven't, you know, whether it's the level of competition or whatever it is, but clearly there's a bunch of schools on the class, you know, the East side of state in class a, that feels like it's a little bit of an iron sharpening iron type of scenario. And then when the postseason comes, they're all ready to go. In the three teams that play in the semifinals from the East, I think they all have distinct and definitive advantages we talked last week on the show. I mean, Laurel is uh, one of the only non-AA Montana towns that you could say is booming. You know, it's growing a lot. I won't be surprised if Laurel's a AA school some, For sure. someday. For sure. Because that's the way that Billings is spreading, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of jobs there, and there's a lot of good jobs. And um, they have a great facility with that nice field with all the turf. And they have a really special player. You know, I watched the highlights on the Eli Abbey kid. And we've had him on this show and I've talked to him. I've been following his stats and stuff, but just get a chance to actually watch him compete. He's a difference maker. And I'm not surprised that even though he doesn't really have a college position, we'll see what they do with him. And he's got decent size. He's not enormous, but I mean, he's about six two, one ninety five. I don't know if he's necessarily a division one quarterback, but you can tell he's a division one competitor. He, he, he's a winner. He knows how to lead them. To victory and, and he did. I mean, he scored a touchdown with 752 to play that ended up being the final margin of victory for Laurel. But then you talk about the other two teams in the semifinals, Billing Central and Miles City. The resurgence of Miles City is something I think is really good for high school football because you know they're on the other side of the state and they had such great tradition in the 90s and the 2000s and then they kind of took a dip and now they're back. And we'll see, they have a great senior class. I mean, Carson Hunter was outstanding uh, again on Saturday, but they ended up losing that game to Billing Central. But you talk about the advantages Billing Central has. I mean, Billing Central, they had a little bit of a dip uh, four or five years ago. But they will always be among, if not the class of Class A. Mm. Jim Stanton is one of the great coaches in the state of Montana, period. They have a system. They get guys. I mean, it's a Catholic school, so it's private. 
They can kind of pick and choose who they got. A lot of guys that could be really good players at the Class AA level in Montana end up going there because of their family or because of the education or because of the the religious background, whatever it might be. But they get high-level talent. The best player at Building Central is going to be a, a Big Sky Conference caliber guy pretty much year in and year out, and they know how to win. I mean, they've been in the playoffs 18 years in a row. They're playing in the, for their they're playing for the state title for the tenth time since 2004. So they have this tradition, and you know they, they start grooming kids in the system when they're in sixth grade because of the feeder program, and so that gives them such a systematic advantage as well. But Billing Central being back at it, I think is is also good for the state. But it'll be uh, it'll be a slugfest between Laurel and Billing Central. That game is going to be played Saturday, one o'clock, Lockwood Stadium in Billings, and uh, we will have a new state champion in Class A uh, with Miles City. Going down to Billings Central. Okay, very good. Uh, let's get into a Class B just a little bit here. Colter Class B had its uh, quarterfinal round this past weekend. I'll just run through these uh, quickly for every everybody. But the Glasgow-Nashua-Hinsdale uh, co-op, they rolled Columbus 36-0. They are the three seed from the north. Columbus was the four seed from the south. They move on. They will meet Manhattan Christian. Manhattan Christian. No, had- Manhattan straight up. Uh, Manhattan Christian doesn't have football. Excuse me, Manhattan. Those kids do play. Some of the Manhattan, Manhattan Christian players do play in Manhattan. Manhattan. Right, yep. But it's Manhattan. They uh, rolled the Malta Whitewater Seiko Dodson co op 50 to nothing. So two shutouts uh, and both teams winning, winning very easily. We'll be meeting Manhattan, by the way, the number one team in the South. And then Augusta. It's Fairfield. They won 42-13 over Whitehall Harrison. So they are the one seed out of the North. They move on. And the one seed out of the West, they're moving on too. That's Florence Carlton, who's had a phenomenal year. 28-7 winners over Broadwater. That's Townsend. Uh, and uh, they will meet. So you got three one seeds and then the third seed as it worked out because Red Lodge, who was the one seed out of the, uh, the East, were upset in the first round of this whole thing. No buys in Class B. Mm-hmm. Lost to Columbus, who then went on to uh, to lose to Glasgow, as we mentioned. But Columbus was a 16-10 winner as the four seed. Big upset in the first round of the Class B playoffs. So that's where you get the uh, non-shock coming in with the third seed from the North being there. But good time, is, good time of year this coming weekend, the semifinals. In Class B. I mean, Florence, this is the first time they made the semifinals in at least 25 years. I'd yeah. have to go into the record books to see. But since, since I've lived in Ma- Missoula, first time they've – I know they won a playoff game a couple of years back to go to the Final Eight, but they have not been in the Final Four in quite some time. So that's a great job by Pat Duchesne and his team. Townsend's really talented team, so that was a good win by Florence. The other thing I was very surprised by, I went through all the, the – since the MHSA went to four different classifications back in 1972, mm-hmm. I went through all the results in the Class B playoffs because when I was in Bozeman uh, working at the Chronicle, we covered Manhattan extensively, and Manhattan has had such great athletic tradition. They have one of the powerhouse programs in track and field, both girls and boys. John Salitti does a great job with that program. When Dale McQuarrie was the head football coach, they always had great success. His son, Quinn McQuarrie, was one of the best players to come out of Class B in the last 10 or 15 years. Went to the Cats for a minute, ended up becoming an All-American at Montana Tech. But I was shocked by this. Manhattan has had so much playoff success, but they've actually only ever played in the state title game once, and that was last year. But now, I mean, they're sitting here rolling people, 50 to nothing over Malta to get to the Final Four. And I think they have an inside track at this thing. But Fairfield-Florence is going to be a huge game because this is the new. Uh, Glasgow is always tough. Manhattan is perennially good. Fairfield is probably the dynasty of Class B, with the exception of Eureka lately. But Fairfield has had long-term success. Yep. And you know, Coach Miles Meyer up there in Fairfield, he does a tremendous job as well. 
but the new the new uh the new bloods. The, yeah, I mean, Florence is, is new to the dance, right? For sure. And so how, how do you, I mean, what a test for Florence to go against one of the most experienced and successful programs and one of the most experienced, successful head coaches in the classification in less miles than their Fairfield Eagles. So that'll be a fun one. And then I think that Glasgow has, they've, they've been pounding people and they have stayed under the radar because I think in this environment that we're in, there's not a lot of people that are driving. There's no media market up in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of people driving. And, you know, in a normal time of year, you'd have a bunch of people going. So you'd have a bunch of reports out of what it's like. But now you don't have that. And, you, and I mean, I doubt that someone from the Billings Gazette is driving up to Glasgow for a high school right. football game. That's just way too far, uh, just given the climate that we're living in right now. So they're the two, the Scotties are the team I don't know anything about. And so that, I mean, that could play to their advantage because it seems as if Manhattan's this overwhelming favor, but maybe not. So it's going to be an interesting Final Four at the, uh, the Class B level as well. Class C, eight-man. We'll run through these quickly. Three number one seeds. The number one team out of the North, Fort Benton. They beat Joliet 64-14, the number one team of the West. They will play Fort Benton. That is Drummond and Granite. They were 48-6 winners over Fairview. Bottom half of the bracket, the number one team out of the East, Scobie Oppheim. They're uh, 40-24 winners over Thompson Falls. But, Coulter, help us out with this one. Park City, the number one team in the South, they scored 68 points. I know that it's Class C6, eight-man, excuse me, 68 points and lost by 19 to Shelby, who scored hello 87. This, 80. is, this looks like a this looks like a, a, a collegiate a basketball score and not a Big Ten collegiate score. You know what I mean? This feels like a, a real run-and-gun type of basketball score. We're talking football here, people. 87-68. So Shelby breaks the bracket. They're the number two seed out of the north. They will face Scobie. This was a 28-14 game in the third quarter alone. Good gracious. That was after being 34-33 at halftime. Wait, I mean, now how did it go down and score no, from no, halftime I'm saying, I'm to saying, the third No, I'm quarter. saying just the third quarter. Oh, gotcha, was, gotcha. You had a full game's worth of scoring yeah, in just the third in quarter. In the third quarter, it was 34-33 yeah. coming in, and then uh, Coyotes gave themselves a little breathing room by going 28-14 in the third, and then they kept on rolling. 414 rushing yards for Shelby, 625 total yards. Park City had 525 total yards. So, I mean, Shelby hosts a semifinal game next weekend against Scoby. That'll be a pretty hefty road trip. Uh, but then you mentioned the Flint Creek game. Uh, Drummond's Phillipsburg Co-op, uh, they overwhelmed state champion, the defending state champion, Fairview, 48-6. to And so, uh, Flint Creek into the semifinals as well. I just uh, want to point out quickly, though, uh, Cameron Bruzvin, okay? He is uh, from, from Shelby. Seven touchdowns in this game running touchdowns 51 61 to 2017 42 and one yard so uh you know you score seven touchdowns you get your name set on the radio that's the rule he might get it set twice you'll see okay okay absolutely uh so there you go uh coulter class c six man or do we do we know where we're at in the class c six man game at this very moment uh yeah let's so let's see the semifinals. White Sulphur Springs beat Shields Valley 54-13. And Freud Medicine Lake beat Big Sandy 42-26. So they will meet in the, in the state, state championship, championship game. Freud yeah. Medicine Lake, the number one seed out of the East versus White Sulphur Springs, the number one seed out of the West. Very good. Coulter, thank you very much. Excellent work. It's 2 Tell New Waters, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break on the other side. The Montana Grizzly football team played a, uh, a game. This weekend, they had themselves a, uh, a, well, I guess a game of scrimmage is the way to say it. But we've got stats, people, and that's just what you need. We'll get to all of it next. 
What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Welcome back to Tell New One is 1029 ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television, outstanding to be with you on this very fine Monday afternoon. Hope you are well. Thanks for being here with us. We appreciate that. We are certainly happy to uh, be here with you. Uh, if you'd like to get excuse me, get us on Twitter, at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. I want to just tease something for everybody quickly. Uh, but at the top of the hour at 5 o'clock, we're going to make an announcement about a giveaway that we're doing that's going to last through the rest of this month of November, and then we'll we'll do a giveaway at the beginning of December. It's a very unique thing that we're giving away. We've never done anything like this here before, and I'm excited about this. I think this is a very cool uh, deal that we're doing. Very simple. We want to make it easy for you, okay? We don't want to ruin your life with a bunch of hard things. We want to make it easy and let you get something wonderful at the end. But top of the hour, uh, stick around with us, 5 o'clock. We will get into uh, a, a brand new uh, giveaway that we're going to do and uh, and have some fun around here for the rest of the month as we head into the holiday season, okay? So uh, there you go. Just a little just a little. Uh, teaser for you. Golter this weekend, the Montana Grizzlies finished their fall ball uh, with a scrimmage. It is a scrimmage that indeed produced statistics, man. We can at least talk about what happened. And highlights. There's even a couple highlights exactly floating around out there and checking it out. But Team White and Team Maroon played each other to a uh, a 7-0 final. I have no idea the structure of this game what the, the seniors what the, draft, the seniors drafted the teams. Okay, but I'm talking about just like did they play four 15 minutes quarters oh, and right. all that yeah, kind I'm of thing? Sure I, I doubt it. Uh, so I don't know, you know what what that looks like. Clearly, uh, as Coach How you know kind of said afterwards, or you can imply it from the score, the defense uh, came to play. They dominated the offense in general. Uh, when it comes to passing, Cam Humphrey, who is you know the lone senior at the position of quarterback, was six of eight. He did throw the one touchdown in this football game. So you know. Nice work, Cam. 91 yards for Cam Humphrey uh, in this football game and uh, and the touchdown to Hello Keelan White, who had four receptions for 100 yards in this uh, in this game uh, for Team White. Rushing, I thought this was interesting, okay? Elias DeWaters had 21 yards to lead the White team. Xavier Harris had 18 uh, to, to be you know the second leading rusher, if you want to call it that. But what I looked for, obviously those are not significant numbers uh, in terms of, of what they were able to do up front in the running game. But Elias DeWaters, 12 carries, Xavier Harris, 13 carries, by far the most. I mean, everybody else only had a couple or even one, uh, depending on the situation, some late-time plays for some of the really younger guys. Elias DeWaters playing in in effectively a starting running back role in this game. I don't know if that is a harbinger of things to come. Uh, obviously, you know, when you look at, you know, the other side. By the way, Marcus Knight did not play in this. Well, he did play in this game, but he only had like four carries. So maybe this is, you know, down the list letting guys 
other guys get reps. Nick Ostmo had four carries in this game. But that's a lot of carries for two guys on that uh, other side of the ball. I guess on the white team, I guess how I should say it. Uh, that, uh, you know, whether that means anything or not, I don't know. But that di- I did notice that. The, the amount of repetitions, the number of touches that those two came up with at uh, the running back spot. Well, that's pretty par for the course when it comes to Bobby Houck. I remember you know, tell, tell Reynolds, Chase Reynolds' little brother, he was like the star of spring ball like four years in a row because he would just get all these carries because they didn't want to wear out Chase or Lex Hilliard or Justin Green. When you know, got guys, you know what they can do. It's mm-hmm. pretty pointless to put more wear and tear on them. So I'm not surprised that Alex or that uh, Marcus Knight didn't get very many carries. Team White did uh, dominate defensively, though. Six sacks and three interceptions in this game. Uh, Braxton Hill. Braden Deming each coming up with uh, with an interception, uh, among others. And uh, uh, in any case, you know, a lot of getting after the quarterback. The quarterback for the other team, uh, for Team Maroon, by the way, was Chris Brown primarily and Kirk Reigold as well. But Chris Brown uh, was 10 of 17 in this game for 98 yards. Reigold 7 for 13 for 105 uh, for the Maroon team. So that's kind of what it looked like there. But again, three interceptions in this game. doesn't say who those interceptions were attributed to, whether it was Reigold or whether it was Chris Brown. doesn't really much matter. But, you know, they played a game. They got out there. They got some reps going. They had a final score, and it was, you know, I'm sure it was fun for the players to – have something that was like a football game to be, you know, to be played in and go out there and participate in. For sure. One uh, note, too, Mr. Braxton Hill, Anaconda product. He's a kid that uh, we've talked about on the show quite a bit because he was such a great high school athlete. He had such strong ties to the Grizz, but he also had such a uh, atypical and strange ending to his high school career. He tore his shoulder. Mm-hmm. He decided to not have surgery he played the rest of his senior year of football with a torn shoulder, and he was incredibly limited. He's Anaconda's quarterback. He could hardly throw. He basically became a Wildcat quarterback during his senior year. And then he played through his senior year of basketball as well and became the all-time leading scorer in the history of Anaconda, which is a prestigious list when you talk about rec- including guys like, like the Hurleys and you know Wayne Estes and, of course, his sister, Tori Hill, who played for the Lady Grizz. And Anaconda has such rich basketball tradition. So that was a prestigious thing for Braxton. But then he ended up having the surgery late. And then because of that, he wasn't a part of the recruiting class because they decided to bring him in and and gray shirt him. So that means he didn't join the team until the following beginning of spring semester. So in January, when all the rest of the guys in his class had been with the team and red shirted or, you know, played as true freshman or whatever it might be. So he was sort of outside of that class. But then he splashed early during spring ball. And then last year, he was one of their best special teams players. Well, Blake Hempstead, our buddy at Copperhead Country over at Anaconda, who we collaborate with quite a bit, uh, he actually reached out to me the other day to get a quote about Braxton's progression because I've always been a big advocate for the kid. I think he's a really good kid and a really talented player. And uh, the premise was he was doing a story on Braxton getting awarded a full ride. And so you can go to CopperheadCountry.com and check that story out. It's really good. Bobby Houck talks actually extensively about Braxton Hill's rise and how you know, when they took him, they thought it was a risk because of the shoulder injury, but how what has happened is exactly what they wanted to happen. Mm. You, you don't have to waste any time on him. That's not the way to say it. You don't, you don't have to make an initial investment, but then all of a sudden, if he takes care of business, he's going to get that year back on the other end. And so for him to go from basically a walk-on gray shirt to a full-ride player in two years, 
huge testament to him. And I really think he has a, a chance to contribute. I, I think that Coach Houck loves him. And he's just exactly what you want, right? Yeah. I mean, a kid from a Class B school who has so much upside, a multi-sport athlete, a guy that can get as big as you want him to get, and a guy who really wants to play for the Grizz. But he's dreamt of being a Grizz his whole life, and I think we've seen that tried and true so often when those guys blossom. And help us with Braxton Hill again. He gray-shirted when he got here, so we understand yep. that. And then did he red-shirt? So you can't. Okay. So basically, what you when you gray shirt, you can't red shirt. You can get your red shirt back on the other end. So you don't you don't your the clock other end of what the other end of your career. So your clock doesn't start ticking athletically, but it does academically. So in other words, if Braxton Hill graduates from college in four and a half years, then he could play the fifth fall of football. So he gets that red shirt year back. So basically what he's got is he has the potential to have three years of eligibility remaining, but if he doesn't graduate in, in short order, then he has two years of eligibility remaining. Does that make sense? No. Okay, so if Braxton... Nothing you've said makes sense. If Braxton Hill takes care of business in the classroom, he then gets the fifth year of eligibility, which would have been his redshirt year. So say that 2018... If you're redshirting, you're not playing. Right, but he, gray shirting means you're not part of the program. I understand. So your your clock doesn't start ticking. If right. you're redshirting, you're using your redshirt year, and then your redshirt year ends, so you have four seasons to play four seasons. Braxton Hill has f- what could be five seasons to play four seasons, but he has to earn the fifth season by because of academics. Okay. So basically, he, he could be a fifth-year senior with other guys in his class that redshirted, mm-hmm. But he's not going to be there until he is. He's a true whatever class he's in until you reach that point. Uh, And he's a sophomore now. Right. He's going to keep being a sophomore next year. Right. Because of this. So he could be a 21-year-old true sophomore who becomes a 29-year-old redshirt (laughs) senior if he does it right in the classroom. Okay, good. Thank you for clarifying that. I'll never ask you another question. (laughs) A couple other notes from this thing. I mean, I I talked about my players that I was excited to watch coming into this thing before it all got called off. And Keelan White was my number one guy. I think that Keelan White is an incredibly intriguing kid. He's a walk-on from Canada. He also got himself a scholarship in the offseason. But when you listen to some of the scuttle from inside the program, the most fascinating part about covering this team with this staff is, as we know, they're not very prone to hyperbole when it comes to talking about their players. Bobby Houck rarely ever says anybody is anything but just good. Mm -hmm. You're never great. You're never exceptional. So when they speak like in hyperbole about you, it resonates quite a bit. And we've heard through the grapevine that Brent Pease just loves Keelan White. And Brent Pease is one of the most perfectionist coaches I've ever been around, it's very hard to impress Brent Peace. Keelan White from where? C-A-N-A-D-A. Yep. So the Canadian kid has earned himself a scholarship and uh, talk about, I mean, th- this is the, the the magic of Bobby Houck's recruiting, right? You take a tip from Dave Dickinson, you bring a guy into your program and it looks like you're taking a flyer on them, but really you might have just got a diamond in the rough who could be like a three or four year starter for you. I will not be surprised if Keelan White pushes for some significant playing time because sure. I think he's that talented. He catches everything. Um, Elias Waters, though, you mentioned his his uh, workload. Him being back at running back, I think, is a good fit for him. They tried him out at corner, 
and it was okay, but I do think that he's more of an offensive guy. He's a great player at Missoula Sentinel in that role, and I think he could be sort of like a scat back, third down type of back. I don't know if he's ever going to be big enough to be a true between-the-tackles guy, but he's got excellent speed, excellent athleticism, and he can catch the ball, so I think that he has a chance to be kind of that third down type guy for this offense. I'm really interested, and I don't know if it's going to happen you know, this season or, or, or you know, in the next couple of years, whatever, but I think Elias DeWaters is the, exactly the example of the type of kid who it's on the coaches. Elias DeWaters is, is a tremendous athlete. He was a state champion long jumper, I yep. believe, right? And uh, was a sprinter as well, in addition to playing football in Missoula Sentinel. He's great athlete, a little bit undersized, regardless really of where you want to match him up, uh, you know, positionally speaking. But I do think that he's got tremendous upside and capability, but it's all about how do you want to use him? What position are you going to put him in? And I agree with you about kind of the scat bath. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you could just line him up, hand him the football, and let him go to work, and he's you know got the durability and toughness to do that. But I also think that this is the type of kid where let – if you find a way to accentuate his skill set, that skill set is a very high end one. But you gotta you gotta make sure that it gets used properly and in the right positions. And we'll see. I, you know, I don't know if that'll happen this year. I think this is a, a kid who was brought in because he's from Missoula, wants to play for the Grizzlies, has an opportunity to work and grow, and 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 when that potential is met, when uh, you know is is what we'll we'll look forward to seeing and how that appears once it's on the field. A couple other guys, I think worth noting that jumped out in either either the highlights or off the stat sheet or both. Cole Grossman is another guy who I got my eye on. I think he's a great athlete. I think he has a chance to be a playmaker at the tight end spot. He caught three passes. We talked last week about some of the, the things that could become diversified within Montana's offense particularly, but just across the board with their ability to recruit using the brand that is Grizz football. And mm-hmm. I thought they landed a couple guys that might have been outside the reach of Montana football in past years in Aaron Fontes and Xavier Harris. Xavier Harris is running back. Fontes is a receiver. They're both from Oxnard, California, both three-star recruits. But they both looked good in the highlights as well. I mean, Xavier Harris, maybe not the yards per carry that you want, but he's he's popped in the previous scrimmages as well. And then Fontes, who I think is a little bit different than most of the receivers they have in their group, because uh, he's, he's more just kind of like right down the middle in terms of size, but very polished, good route runner. Right. Five catches, 83 yards, so I thought that was a good showing for him, too. And then the last guy is a guy that I think that, if it all comes to fruition, could be a a great story because he sort of has gotten completely lost in the wash, but he hasn't walked away. He stuck with it, and that's Lorenzo Brown. He was supposed to be the big stud defensive ed recruit for Bob Stitt's staff. Jason Seymour loved him, brought him here out of Las Vegas. He was supposed to be like that next great Grizz defensive end. Well, then when he come when the new staff comes in, they're really hard on him. They put him through the ringer. And I thought he might be a guy that walked away because he came to play for a different coaching staff, maybe a guy that transfers. He doesn't. He sticks with it. Then he gets in trouble. He gets in a fight at a party. He gets suspended. And he was basically suspended for the first two-thirds of last year. But then he comes back, but he doesn't play really at all. Even though he was out of suspension, he gets hardly any snaps whatsoever. But he's continued to stick with it, and now he's flashed during spring ball, and now he's flashed during fall camp, and he looks good coming off the edge. They've showed him in a couple one-on-one passing drills. And I follow him on Twitter. He's been always tweeting positive things about how much he loves Missoula, how much he loves this team. And he goes out and he has a sack on Saturday. So if he's a guy that does truly make it through, it's so hard for guys like that to make it through uh, with, under coaching changes, especially when the new head coach is a 
defensive-minded type guy like Coach Alk, but I think that Lorenzo Brown, he has a chance to maybe be an up-and-comer this year and contribute to what should be uh, probably one of the more improved and good groups in the league in the Grizzly defensive line. Tutel and Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. We jump back to high school. Again, playoff version. Treasure State Stars next. Golter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Time to find out who was good this weekend at the high school level. There's a lot of great players, a lot of great performances. Playoff football around the state of Montana. Two-tail new ones. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana. Coulter, let's jump into our Treasure State Stars. And we start in Missoula with a tandem. Soren Sirud, Donovan South, both matching each other a pair of scores. In the quarterfinal round, Sentinel rolls into the semis. I think the, these two guys are um, – there's so many guys that are committed to college teams on Sentinel's roster right now. Talking to Geno Leonard, who's head of the Grizz, the middle linebacker, I said, where is Soren yeah. Seward going? He could play in college. He said he doesn't – he just wants to go to school. He's, he's not going to pursue college football. And sometimes he I think – Just wants to go to school. Huh? I think that's kind of cool sometimes. Imagine that. And uh, welcome, Soren. Right, but both these guys are really good players. They're two-way players, and they're s- uh, seniors, and they're leaders. I mean, Soren Sears is one of their captains, and they've been essential to Sentinels' run here. And a lot of times, they don't get as much uh, publicity as the guys that are committed to colleges. But they've been great. And uh, down in the South, he had six carries for seventy-four yards plus a touchdown to cap that ninety-nine-yard drive that we talked about to help Sentinel tie the game early on. And Seward, he had ten carries. For 99 yards, including a 24-yard touchdown that gave Sentinel a 14-7 lead, and Sentinel never relinquished that lead. And they both played great on defense as well. So uh, both those guys deserving because I think that uh, maybe they get overshadowed sometimes, but I think that their teammates would tell you that they're absolutely really important parts of this team. Soren Kierkegaard, the greatest Danish philosopher in the history of mankind. Perhaps, perhaps a lineage to be built with the Sorens just going to school. All right. 
Taco Dowler, Billings West, huge day. Billings West also rolling. Yeah, I mean, you, may, you mentioned Isaiah Clotch and his 460 yards passing on just 17 completions. Well, when you can throw a uh, screen pass to Taco Dowler and he goes 69 yards for a touchdown, yep. and it improves your yards per pass. When you can throw an inside slant to Taco Dowler and you throw the ball two yards and he breaks a defender off and goes 97 yards for a touchdown, that's also pretty good for the yards per completion. It all counts in fantasy. Thank you very much, Isaiah, my Ta- fantasy QB. So Taco Dowler caught four touchdowns. He also only caught four passes, but for a whopping 222 yards. Touchdowns of four receptions four for, for 222 and four. 97, 11, 48, and 69 <laughs> the yards on the four touchdowns. Taco Dollar, I think that if you were to ask me right now who I thought the number one player in the state of Montana is as a college recruit coming into next year, who's the top junior? Mm-hmm. That's him. That's him. Alright, well, hard to argue uh, four touches for four touchdowns. Uh, Coulter, Number three out of Bozeman. Jordan Jones, the quarterback. He hasn't got as many headlines as a lot of his college-committed teammates as well, but he was solid, 194 yards and two scores, but it was the is Winnie through the touchdowns that was so clutch. That was a pretty close game throughout, but with the, the score tied 14-14, Jones threw two key touchdowns, one late in the third quarter, one early in the fourth quarter, and that helped the Bozeman hang on for a 35-28 win. So Hawks, the defending state champions, they remain alive. Our fourth Treasure State star, we have not done this this year, but Coulter, we're giving away the Andy Larson Award for the first time right here. <laughs> Gotta love it. Jackson Berkeley from Billings Senior hit a 22-yard field goal to help Billings Senior's season stay alive. They had a 2017 overtime win at home over Kalispell Glacier, and they're into the semifinals. They'll be against Missoula Sentinel here in Missoula. Time to be determined, but uh, the Bronx into the Final Four as well. And finally, Cameron Bruzvin, if you just care about scoring the most points, well, this is your man. Shelby running back had seven, count them, seven touchdowns, 51 yards, 61 yards, two yards, 20 yards, 17 yards, 42 yards, and a single yard, putting him at nearly 200 yards rushing. He also caught a couple passes as well, and Shelby scores 87 points to go to the final four of the Class C playoffs. Impressive. Those are our Treasure State stars. Coulter, thank you very much. Hour number one in the books, hour two straight ahead. We got a great giveaway that we're going to do throughout the rest of this month. Very excited about it. We're going to tell you all about it right after this. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 